The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello and welcome again to another edition of the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movements ahead of uh, workouts. And my guest today is Mr. Jeff Lader. Jeff is a coach and retired bodybuilder. He's based in Salt Lake City. His business is called uh, Lader Lifestyle. Stylized as, did I say that right, Jeff? You did, yes. You did, okay. Stylized as L H L. sorry. L eight R there you go <laughs> lifestyle. All right. So, um, Jeff has got a bunch of uh, cool stuff. He's going to talk to us about, and, uh, we're just going to get rolling here. So Jeff, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm always, uh, love talking shop and, uh, love talking about uh, everything that I'm passionate about. And I feel blessed yeah. that I'm able to do something I'm passionate about. Yeah. 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 All the same here too, man. So when I uh, interview people, I like to kind of get right back to the beginning. Okay. So, you know, anyone who goes to your website or wherever they listen to your, if you have a podcast yourself, I don't know. I don't, um, no. All right. Well, if they know, if they know you, then they know where they can see where you're at now by what you put online. So I like to kind of uh, get some um, backstory on that. So uh, just tell us who Jeff Lader is. Yeah. Well, my story, it's uh you know, I'm not, I'm not new to the game, so it's, it's gone through multiple phases and, mm-hmm. and, uh, with where I'm at right now, it's very different than where I was, you know, even five years ago, um, very different from where I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, but you know, going back to the very beginning, I, I really developed my passion for fitness and health, um, in my, uh, probably when I was at 10, 12 years old. And that was just due to my mom. Uh, my mom was, uh, you know, I grew up in the eighties. I was an eighties kid and, and my mom was all into aerobics and, uh, you know, with the whole leg warmers and, and, uh, leotards and all those things, uh, that they used to wear. Um, I used to get, you know, in childcare watching those classes while I was, you know, a kid playing with the toys. And that, I guess it was that exposure to it that for me, it didn't, it didn't, for some people, I guess it would turn you off to it. But for me, it, I was interested in it and would always, for some reason was interested in the weight training side of things. And, she, my mom didn't do too much of that, but as soon as I was allowed and I was of age to go into the weight room, which was 12 years old at the time, I did. And I went in there and uh, my mom just kind of turned me loose, which I don't know if that was a smart move or not, but um, <laughs> luckily I have all my toes and I didn't injure myself and didn't drop mm-hmm. any weights on myself, but it's kind of tinkered around and started developing a passion for it. And that continued on through high school and um, into my twenties. And I, uh, yeah, I did some personal training and um, but with my, the way I was raised and, and the way that I, you know, kind of envisioned my life, I never viewed fitness as like a career and I never mm-hmm. thought it was like a real job. You know, it was just kind of something that you do maybe as you're going to college, like that you do on the side and, you know, get a certification over the weekend and, and start training people in a gym. And, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of did that, but I pursued my career in marketing and, and, and finance, uh, graduated from the university of Utah and entered the corporate world all while still training people on the side just for fun. And I was kind of a resource for, for friends and family on the nutrition side of things. But, you know, it was never something that I felt, again, like it was a real job. And it wasn't until I um, helped a friend compete, and this was after I had been competing for a few years, um, but it wasn't until I, I helped a friend compete and he actually won 
Um, his very first show and it was actually when they first introduced men's physique to the bodybuilding world, uh, which is like the board shorts uh, competition for those that aren't familiar with it. Mm-hmm. And he won and uh, due to his personable nature and his talkative nature, very sociable, would talk to a lot of people and they would always ask him like what it, what it is that he did, how he got, how he got that way. And he would have sent him to me. And initially, like due to whatever reason, um, I didn't feel like I could charge him any money. I'm like, well, this is common sense. I can, I can give you some pointers here and there. And right. um, it kind of started to take off. And I was like, I should probably start charging because this is taking me a lot of time. Um, my wife, um, actually, we were dating at the time, shared that passion with me. And she's actually the one that encouraged me to get on stage for the first time. Uh, she competed as well. And later, lifestyle was was founded. And uh, it's just kind of taken off organically ever since. And uh, to where we are today, I mean, obviously, I competed for a number of years pursuing my my pro card in bodybuilding, eventually got it in 2018. Um, and I actually retired right after that. Because uh, I competed 40 times. Um, was pretty tired. Um, still mm-hmm. have a passion for it, but it was kind of moving on to the next phase in life. And, uh, and for me, um, it was more just dedicating myself full time to coaching. And now we have a great team. We have a team of about 15 people, uh, and you know, I have over 400 active clients and, uh, I've worked with thousands and thousands of people over the years and, uh, some bodybuilders, some, some competitors, um, a lot of lifestyle. Um, in the end, ultimately though, I, I really want people to be healthy and that's kind of our main, um, our main mission. Is, is right, that. right. So that's that's kind of the the Cliff's Notes version of right. my story. Yeah, right. So you, in a way, you kind of did it um, reverse that most say um, professional bodybuilders do uh, go into business. Uh, usually, they start out they're completely competitive. Like it's just <laughs> it's it's them. You know, it's their competition. Their their competitive spirit. They go for that trophy or you know reward of some kind. And then after they've retired. Then they go into the coaching and the training stuff, but you kind of, you train almost essentially you trained first, you trained your friend. You trained yeah. your friend. Well, I was competing before I trained my friend, but, um, oh, and I, okay. I had done, I had been competing for a number of years before I did that. But, oh, okay. um, but again, I never viewed training as like a real job, you know, like it's not a way I can keep a, a roof over my head. Um, right. you know, I did personal training in a gym, just like, you know, a lot of other personal trainers out there. Um, but the training side of things where I was actually helping with the nutrition and getting more mm-hmm. comprehensive was one of those things where honestly, I totally had imposter syndrome when I started. And I'm just like, I, I feel guilty even charging anybody money for this mm-hmm. um, because I'm not qualified. I don't know what I'm doing um, just because I thought it was all common knowledge. And I, you know, it was something I'm so passionate about. So I would study all the time just because I loved it. And I still do to this day. Um, I wish I had felt that way about school because I, hated college. I hated high school. I hated any sort of education because it wasn't stuff I was interested in. Right. Um, but with this totally interested in it and, uh, and will forever be a student. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I was coaching all throughout while I was competing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just, but it was a bit of a distraction to be honest. Uh, right. Cause I was working so much on myself and if you've ever competed, it, it makes you brain dead at times. So Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice to, to kind of put that behind me, close that chapter in my life, even though I still kind of leave a crack in the door open as if I will come back one day. Right. Uh, but I think I'm done, <laughs> especially after I tore my bicep just, uh, two months ago that, that, uh, doesn't Ouch. Matter. Ouch. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So 
Your website kind of suggested that you're entirely online. Is that correct? Is this just an online yeah. personal training? So there's no face-to-face uh, -face encounter? No. Um, you know, when we, when we started, it was face-to-face, -face, but we never mm -hmm. worked out of a gym. Um, in fact, when we first met with people, it was my wife and I, we met with people at our kitchen table. Um, that's how, how we started. And we did, uh, we, we got to the point where we were, we had 80 appointments a week and it was, there were just weren't enough hours in the day. And, mm -hmm. and so we, we very nervously started taking clients online, even though they might've even been, you know, within 10 minutes of our, of our location. Um, we started doing things online and we were very nervous about it. It was kind of new. The concept was still, even to this day, some people were like, well, how does that work if I'm not in front of you? Um, but it worked and, and pretty soon that's what we started to do exclusively. Now, even up to a, as far, I mean, as soon as a, just a couple of years ago, I was still meeting with a few people that had been with me for a decade, um, mm -hmm. that still like to come in occasionally. Um, but, but yeah, it's all 100% virtual at this point now. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I mean, how, how is that? I mean, I have an, a general idea about how you do that, but I'm thinking, you know, you might be doing a different way. So how do you, how do you actually build a business, an entire thriving business with like a whole team with 400 clients? I mean, how do you get that all like really juggled online without actually having like an in-person facility to go to? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, uh, it's a matter of, it's basically all the same information. So we're just not in the gym instructing them, counting their rate, their, their reps, you know, racking their weights, doing showing them form and stuff like that. But we do have an app that, that provides a lot of video instruction. Um, we do a lot of zoom calls, um, which we were doing that well before 2020, uh, as a way to interact, because that was something that we noticed was missing when we shifted online was that, because I would say that we're, we're, we're relationship based coaching. So mm -hmm. we really get to know our, our people and what they're struggling with. And, and the primary problem that most people have is with the nutrition and, mm -hmm. you know, short of like doing body fat testing, body composition testing in person, um, that doesn't need to be in person. Right. It's like, here, here's, here's what we suggest. Here are some, uh, some guidelines with, with the nutrition side of things. Here's what we suggest for you. And then they implement it on their, on their own as they normally would, you know, even if they were meeting in front of us, you know, we're sitting down in front of me at my desk, I would say, well, here's your plan. You know, just like I would do in an email or over a zoom call, we talk mm -hmm. through it, explain it. And then they're, then they're the ones cooking it and eating it. So, um, it works honestly just the same. Um, and you know, the results kind of speak for themselves and we have a very high success right. rate. Um, one thing that I would say as we've evolved over the years, we've, we've kind of recognized a lot of the problems that we see in the fitness industry and, and to put it very bluntly, like I would say that the fitness industry for the most part doesn't help very many people. And it's just due to the way it's, it's designed, the way it's set up and what sells. Um, it's mm -hmm. very money driven and, and what people want is what people, what fitness companies and personal trainers try to give them a quick, easy, fast solution. And so you end up with, you know, these extreme diets that are all about restriction and people jump on them because they, they promise these quick, fast results and they might even get them mm -hmm. until they regain all the way back, which is usually the, the eventual outcome of almost every diet. And so what we've started to look at is I mean, we, we want to give them a plan that's more sustainable, something that they can see themselves doing for the rest of their lives. That's, that's definitely one element, but that's, 
still just touching on the surface level tactics. Like here's, here's the nutrition tactic that we're going to take for you. And that's going to vary per person. We don't have, we don't subscribe to like one, um, mm -hmm. particular method. We find what works best for that person. That's, that's, that's still just a tactic though. Ultimately what we find when you, when you, when you really dig deep with people as to why something didn't work or why they failed on a specific diet, they self-sabotage like over mm -hmm. and over and over again. It's like, right. why, why is this happening? And so what we've really discovered in a lot of, you'll hear this a lot in the fitness industry is like, oh, it's mindset, it's mindset, it's mindset. You need to change your mindset. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Right. Nobody really provides any tools or strategies or techniques to get there. And so that's something that we've really been working on and developing over the past, you know, four or five years. Um, and, and it's really, I think what, what sets us apart is we're able to get to the root cause mm -hmm. of things to the extent that even if with the, if you had a really crappy, restrictive, almost impossible to follow plan, you mm -hmm. could, because you were in the right frame of mind, you had the right perspective. You were able to get rid of some of those triggers and cues that had been sabotaging you for the, for the, your entire life up to that point. Right. Um, luckily we were giving them something that's easy to follow. It's customized to them and, and it's sustainable. Right. But we really do focus on that, that internal shift that needs to happen, uh, for right. their external transformation. Right. Right. It's interesting you say that because currently right now I'm reading a book that is literally called mindset. Um, and it's a book that it, it talks about how mindset just uh, affects literally every single area of your yeah. life. And I think everyone on some intuitive level knows that already. Um, but yeah. this book kind of details to you how this really affects your life. And um, it gives you some great examples, everything from like, you know, you know, fitness to like industry, anything yeah. like that, like CEOs and stuff like that. Like the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset, like the fixed mindset, even like down to school children, is a great predictor or the fix or growth mindset is a great predictor of how well they are, do are you in reading school. the book called growth mindset by carol dweck or is it just yeah. called mindset okay so growth I think, mindset I, 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 it might be growth mindset but yeah, yeah. tarot dweck definitely is yep. the author that's for sure yeah. you read that one yep yeah i actually i actually <laughs> read that one not too long ago where it talks about fixed mindset versus versus growth mindset yeah yeah yeah, yeah. great it's, book it's 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 great. Yeah. And, uh, I'm about halfway through it here and yeah, it just keeps getting better and better. And the examples she cites are terrific. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally, I totally believe, um, that the mindset is a huge component of success in just about anything, especially yeah. in fitness and eating. Um, so how, how do you really, how do you really tackle that from some, somebody? How, well, one, how do you extrapolate what their mindset is? I mean, they can give you all kinds of reasons. They, they'll bounce around the reasons. Well, I didn't have time. I had to pick up my kids. I had to go to the doctor's office, blah, 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 blah. Um, so those, those, those are the surface reasons why they didn't do what you suggested that they should do to get the right. results that they claim that they want. Yeah. So how do you extrapolate the truth out of them? One and two, how do you actually get them to fix their mindset? Yeah, that's a, you know, that, that's, that's a good question because, um, well, and as you said, it, it goes well beyond fitness and uh -huh. like, in addition to, um, you know, fitness coaching, I do, I do some business coaching as well. And, and sometimes they'll be from completely different industries. And the, the cool thing is, is that I don't need to know necessarily a whole lot about their industry. 
Um, there's some basic business and marketing and things and operational things that I can help them with for sure, some tools and stuff like that. But most of the time, what I find in working with these business owners and, and entrepreneurs and, and CEOs is that they're getting in their own way. And it's usually because of the mindset and the blocks and the, and the limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves. And, and uh, you know, with a fixed mindset versus growth mindset, as, as, as they talk about in that book, you know, once you start, once you're open to that concept, like in a, after reading this, you're going to get addicted to start reading all these different things about it because you'll, you'll discover that that really is at the root of success and failure. And it's mm -hmm. a matter of like what you do with that and, and the decisions that you make, the beliefs that you have about yourself that will form your life. And fitness obviously right. is a huge part of that. So, you know, we, how do we do it? That's a good question. Um, I think it looks a little bit different for everybody, but there's, there's a lot of different probing questions and, and techniques that you can use to, to help really discover with each individual, what drives them. And, and again, that's going to look different for each person. Um, but a lot of people form so many limiting beliefs about themselves early on in life. And, you know, there's a difference here between coaching and psychology. And obviously I'm not a psychologist. I don't do any sort of like you know, any sort of psychiatric like treatment or anything like that. It's, it's, it really is like right. just coaching. Um, mm -hmm. but it is a lot of listening, but you have to ask the right questions. And, right. and so for a lot of people, you know, you need to help just help them discover what their true why is. So like in fitness, mm -hmm. um, you know, I interviewed one of our, we, we always do an athlete of the month or a client of the month. Um, we call them athletes of the month. And I did an interview with her actually, about five minutes before we jumped on this call and she's a mom of three busy mom of three. And, you know, she, she had all sorts of limiting beliefs about herself. And, um, she mentioned so many different things on the call were just, there were just, it was just gold what she was saying. But, um, like when somebody comes to you and they say, you know, I want to lose weight, I want to mm -hmm. lose 50 pounds. Okay. Cool. That's, that's a pretty common goal. I want to lose weight. I want to tone up. That's, that's what a common girl would say, or I want to, I want to build muscle. I want to lose weight. I want to lose fat. That's, that's really what they, that's what everyone says on the surface, but that's not truly what they want. What they really want is what that will give them the, the, the benefit mm -hmm. of losing that weight, the benefit of transforming their body. But I would say it goes even deeper than that. So someone might say, I want to lose weight so that I can feel better in my own skin, com more comfortable in my own skin so that I can feel confident. So I can, so I can dress you know, so I can fit in my, my small clothes that I used to wear. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a benefit of losing the weight, but what's the benefit of having that confidence? What's the benefit of being able to dress in those clothes? Well, it could mean that all of a sudden your, your relationships improve relationship with mm -hmm. your spouse. Um, relationships at work, and that could lead to better career advancement. It could lead to a spicier sexual life. Who knows? It could lead to all right. sorts of things that you never have anticipated that, that you don't realize until you're there. So one of the things that she had said is like, well, like I was never athletic my entire life. And, and now I want to go learn golf. And, I, and she, she actually did this one and started to learn how to play golf with her husband. Never would have done that before. Mm -hmm. Um, goes to water parks with her kids, gets in a bikini, doesn't even think twice about it. And, and now she wants to do a push-up contest with her family, drops down, mm -hmm. beats them all. Right. And, and she doesn't feel restricted. She feels completely empowered. And that really ultimately is what we're after. You know, not mm -hmm. just losing 50 pounds or you can, you can, anybody can lose weight. We don't have a weight loss program. We, problem. We have a, 
a weight regain problem. But at the root of that, right. like what's what's driving all that? So we try to get to the root of what is driving that individual person, what's been holding them back. And we try to eliminate mm-hmm. those things, provide solutions to get over those things. And as they right. you know, keep stacking up these wins, they become empowered and they gain that confidence. And then it just, the weight loss, the transformation, that's inevitable. That just happens organically. Right, 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 right. Um, I read, I read another book and this is a question based on another book that I read where, you know, in terms of like, as a trainer, when you're working with somebody, there's a difference between the commodity and the product. And I think a lot of trainers don't really understand the difference. The commodity, if you're a personal trainer or a gym owner is fitness. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the product, the, what the client walks away with is self-confidence. That's what you're really selling. Yeah. Would you agree? Would you agree with that? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, how many trainers are there in the world? There's a, there's a bunch and they're all selling the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, you could try to present it in a unique way, in a different way. Um, and everyone should be trying to do that. You got to have some sort of unique um, offer about yourself. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, they, the, what you truly are selling to them and you could word it all sorts of different ways, but you're, you're selling them freedom. You know, you're selling mm-hmm. them confidence or you're, you're, you're enabling them to achieve that. You're not really like giving that to them. You're, you're pay, helping them pave that path for themselves because they do have to earn it themselves. Right. But you're providing right. that guidance to help them get there. And, and that is, you know, I, and I don't think that everyone does that. Right. Because I mean, how many disconnected trainers have you seen in the gym where they're just, you know, playing on their phone or like, uh, you know, one, two, you know, they're not really paying attention, not really engaged, don't really truly care mm. about the outcome mm. of their clients. You're just a number. Um, and that's, right. that's something that I think is really wrong about the industry. It happens when you get a lot of numbers or, you know, if you're just, you're money driven and you're not, you don't really care about the outcomes of your clients. Um, mm. but, but when you really do, that's when you're going to start becoming more effective as a, as a, as a personal trainer, as a coach and more successful <laughs> in the end. And that right. ultimately I think is what has helped us be so successful is, is, you know, we care and, you know, and then the coaches that we have on our team, they care. And mm-hmm. if they don't, then they won't last year. I mean, I won't have hired them to begin with, but if anything comes out where they're, they're not, and unfortunately we've had to let some coaches go that weren't quite, quite there. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, ultimately that's what matters. If you care, then you're going to do everything in your power to help that person succeed. And, yeah. and sometimes it requires unique, unique approaches and, and go on the extra right. mile. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, see now do every do every does every person or or here's here's a better question here what do people generally get wrong about the weight loss journey here so what do they not understand um now you you talked about the yo-yo dieting and the fad diets and stuff like that and is it just like the the understanding that it's just not a quick fix or is there something a little bit more um down in the weeds that people don't quite get well, I mean, I think there's, I think most things are not known. Um, but I yeah. think that, you know, especially this day and age, there's an abundance an overabundance of information. And, right. and so if you, you know, a quick search on Google for fat loss, you'll get millions of hits and, you know, fat loss Easily. strategy, best diet, you know, all sorts of things like that. You're going to get millions of hits and 
there's going to be so many contradicting points that you're going to end up not knowing what, what, what's right for you. And Mm -hmm. the thing is, and I, I, I really truly believe this, um, despite, you know, some of the things I've said in my past that almost any diet can work. Almost any dieting approach would work. It wouldn't exist if it didn't produce some results for somebody. Um, the problem that I see though, is that those that are pushing some of these very specific diets is they're very dogmatic in their views in that they're, they're very narrow-minded that that this is the only way, this is the best way you must do this. Keto is the way fasting is the way, you know, whatever veganism is the way. And so they almost treat it like a religion and, and that, you know, that can be very discouraging for somebody that tries it and it doesn't work for them. Uh, Mm -hmm. they're like, well, this person that I really look up to, because I I read all their stuff. I listen to all their stuff. It just sounds so amazing. And they post these amazing before and afters. And here I am and I'm failing. And the thing is, is it may not be right for you. And so I think there's a lot of confusion in the weight loss world. And that's why, again, there's, you know, you're going to, everyone's trying to be unique, right? And so they're trying to come up with some sort of name. They coin a term, they, they make up some sort of, you know, the carnivore diet, the, the liver King, you know, there, there's all sorts of people, you know, saying you should order meat. There's different things out there. that's trying to be unique, right? Mm-hmm. And it can gain some notoriety. It's in, it can gain some attention. It can make, make you some money, but it creates a lot of confusion too. Um, and so I think what you'll find a lot of times too, is that for those that are preaching one way or another, they don't always explain the why behind what it is that they're preaching. You know, like, oh, you need to eat carbs because they're, or you need to avoid carbs because they're bad for you. Uh, and they might point out one or two things. Oh, it causes inflammation. Oh, it makes you sleepy. Oh, it raises blood sugar or different things like that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. You know, those are just like some of the things that can cause uh, that, that it can do within your body, but maybe that's perfect for you. Some people thrive on carbs and they're, they're horrible without them. And mm-hmm. so anyway, there's just, there's just so many different dogmatic views out there. And I think that that really confuses people because I think if you present a concept with conviction, it's going to convince some people. Um, and then if it doesn't work for you, you think something's wrong with you. And all that means right. is that it just wasn't the right approach for you. Or maybe your mindset right, wasn't in right. the right place. Right. Yeah. And, um, the internet is, is a big player in this confusion too, because you don't really even know where to start because you just Google search, like you said, Google search it and easily you'll get a million views and you'll get the most. And what's most misleading is that because of the algorithm, like what has been clicked on the most is going to move itself up to the top. Yeah. So that's going to be put right in front of you, whether it's truthful or not. You know, it could be a diet saying like, "Hey, you can get, you can get healthy just eating junk food all day, eating Snicker bars all day long. If enough people click on it, then it's going to be right there in front of your face. And, and because people, you know, don't like feeling like outsiders, yeah. that's just a psychological truth because we're a social being. Yeah, we follow like, the crowd, right? Yeah. You know, right. Follow, follow the crowd. Yeah. You know, that's generally how people go. They, and so they just follow the crowd. And so they don't really know if they're being led down a blind alley or not. So the internet is, as far as fitness goes, it's a blessing and both a curse because it's a blessing because you can reach so many people. Like you can be like where you are in Salt Lake City and train someone in in um, Yugoslavia. Yeah, you know, and that's great. The internet uh, enables you to do that, but at the same time, you know, in terms of finding information, 
you really got to be careful and you really got to do your deal, your due diligence. Yeah, you do. You do. And social media, I think is, is, you know, worse than even a Google search because, you know, <laughs> God, yeah. it, it empowers and it gives, it gives a voice to everybody, which yeah, that's a good thing. But, well, it can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing too. But, you know, especially in the world of fitness, there's no barrier to entry now. And so you get a lot of people mm -hmm. that have literally no clue what they're doing. And I've, I've even seen this from clients, uh, my own clients where, you know, they, they get an amazing transformation and, you know, they start posting pictures, you know, some booty shots, mm. some ab shots, you know, some in the gym shots. And then what do you see in the comments? Oh my gosh, you look so amazing. Can you train me? I'll pay you. Like, and you'll see multiple comments like that. And all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, I see dollar signs. Maybe I should train these people. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I could pretty much use what Jeff gave me and, you know, and, and maybe they do know what they're doing. Maybe they don't, but you see a lot of people like that. And there's really, it's not like there's a governing body, a certification that's required for somebody to say, yeah, pay me money. Right. I'll give you yeah, a meal it's, plan. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's very unregulated. That's another part of the yeah. fitness industry. It's, you know, it's not like the medical profession where it's very, there's a lot of oversight and there's yeah. people you have to answer to if you are screwing people over yeah. or if you're conducting some sort of malpractice. Right. Um, no, like, like you said, it's the, it's kind of like the wild west it is. right now where anyone, anyone can come in and do whatever they please. And, you know, the only real punishment they really receive if they are caught scamming people too much is that, you know, the, uh, internet or social media world will and kind of all start gang up on them. Right? Bad, bad, bad reviews, and then they'll effectively be ousted and be chased off of social media because yeah. of they don't want to deal with the constant bombardment from people who are calling them out for their BS. And, and that's and that's <laughs> happened, but it usually takes some pretty blatant, you know, uh, disregard mm -hmm. for people and 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 pretty uh, awful service and really doing people wrong. But but yeah, there's there because right, there right. still are plenty of people out there that, um, and I've seen this especially in the bodybuilding world where there's been some really really dangerous coaching that has happened mm. and they, they've been put on blast and then they just continue on going about their business and people forget and they, they continue to grow their business. Like there, I mean, there were some really bad ones um, over the last two years um, and they keep going, going with their business. There's been a few that have been like completely ousted and they've moved on, which is you know better for mm -hmm. all of us, but yeah, social media is dangerous. So you never know who's telling the truth and who isn't. Um, you just got to, do your homework on each person before you pay them money. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and your website, going back to the integrity of the uh, fitness industry, uh, your website, you know, you mentioned there's an area that has core values and there's six core values there. What's um, the first one? Well, 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 the first one is integrity. Wasn't that? No, the first no. One? Our first core value is no bullshit. No bullshit. Well, that's pretty much the same thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, just, just putting just, a little bit more bluntly, right? Right. That, that's just a little bit more on the nose. But yeah, and the paragraph uh, explaining your core values, I like how it ended and saying, you know, if this if this aligns with you, welcome aboard. We're family. You know, we are we are one. If not, maybe this ain't your game. Move on. Yeah. So I kind of I like that. Um, is that just... Was there a personal experience or something you over, you saw yourself or you were in bodybuilding? You just said that you saw maybe a lot of bad coaching and a lot of dangerous people out there having influence. Was it just like, was that born out of something that pretty negative that you either saw or you experienced? 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I used to say, I haven't, I don't say this as much anymore, but, um, you know, when we were kind of developing our approach and our, our technique and kind of figuring out our identity as coaches, um, you know, we used to say a lot that we learned how to be good coaches by learning what not to do, um, mm -hmm. through coaches that we had hired ourselves that were honestly not, not great at all. Um, there were some good aspects to everyone that I've worked with as a, you know, as, as a client, um, but a lot of negatives too. And so it was kind of like, you know, going through this and like, well, I, you know, I know what I would appreciate as a client. And so I always want to make sure that I'm delivering that to people that, that work with me. And, you know, communication is one of those big things where, you know, and it's, I can, I still hear this to this day. People come to me from other coaches, like I would ask them a question and I wouldn't hear back for like four days. And it was just a yes or no. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was one of those things where I was, you know, maybe at the grocery store, I was out at a restaurant or I was in the gym and I kind of needed to know like, you know, pretty quickly, yes or no on this thing. And, and I got an answer like five days later, or sometimes I don't get an answer at all. And, and so it's like, I, geez, I don't know why, like, how hard is it to do that? It's not. So like when I hear about mm -hmm. some of these horror stories that people have, are telling with their experiences with other coaches, I'm like, it's not hard to be better because everyone sucks. <laughs> And that's not true because there's there some great, fantastic coaches out there that are really trying right. to do the right thing. Um, but, but yeah, you know, when, when we put, when we were putting together our core values, the no bullshit really was built out of kind of a disdain for the industry. Um, and just what we mm -hmm. see going on so much. And it, it, it just continually gets worse. You know, what you see on TV, with the advertisements, what you see on social media, what's being perpetuated out there. It's just, Myth, 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 mistake, 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 mistake. And it's leading people astray. I mean, we're not getting healthier as a, as a country. We're getting un unhealthier. And for the first time ever, mm -hmm. life expectancy went backwards. It went down. It really? That's never happened in the history of mankind until now. Really? And maybe that's only for the Dude. U.S., um, you know, because we're even Quite worse possibly. here than other parts of the world. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, so that's a failure on on so many fronts. But as a fitness industry, we're not doing anything, um, that's helpful mm -hmm. for the most part. So we're trying to get rid of the bullshit, be a straightforward. I'm a, I'm very straightforward. If you follow me on social media, that's, I'm very mm -hmm. straightforward and very blunt about, about everything that I talk about, because why, why sugarcoat it? Why, why talk around things? Let's get straight to the point. I'm going to explain to you right. why I believe what I believe, and I'm going to back it up with studies and we'll back it up with personal experience with stories, with testimonials, um, no bullshit, just plain and simple. Right, right. Exactly right. So now you've said you've, you've worked with about 6,000 individuals in your time, yeah. um, probably of all, of all age groups, men and women, yep. whatever, whatever else. So, um, say what, what would you say is probably the biggest difference between say, like, um, what like male clients and female clients when they come to you asking for help? Um, is there, is there, are they, is there a lot of crossover or is there just like glaring differences in terms um, of what they want from you? There, I mean, there's definitely some crossover, um, but between man and woman, you know, there definitely are differences. I mean, we actually work with a lot of couples mm -hmm. and, and this is where it's really, really easy to identify because um, there's usually frustration on the part of the, of the woman of the wife, um, mm -hmm. because the, their husband will respond f faster. 
and and maybe even she's more dedicated and she's like he barely does anything and he's down 20 pounds and I'm over here kicking my ass every day and I'm down seven. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. This just comes down to basic physiology that, you know, men carry mm, more muscle right. mass and that alone helps them. We have the hormones that, um, you know, higher levels of testosterone, you know, usually don't have as much fluctuations with their thyroid hormone. Uh, we don't go through periods like that, that, that uh, can really severely impact women in their journey. And so it, it, it is honestly, it is unfair. And men do respond faster. Um, not only that, and I and I hate to say this, but it is it has been proven. It's been factual. But from even from like an emotional standpoint, most women um, have more of a an emotional connection to food than men do. Um, some like I mean, and that's certainly not to say that that's the case across the board because there's a lot of men that mm -hmm. you know are addicted to food and have like you know it's just what they live for. Um, but mm -hmm. a lot of men view food as functional you know, and it's, and they get less enjoyment out of it. Um, maybe have a, less of an emotional tie to it, um, compared to women. You know, it's a, it's a broad right. statement. Um, but you know, what I've seen in my practice over the years is that's, you know, that, that, that for the most part does play out that way. Right. Right. So what would you say to a, say a woman who is frustrated when she compares herself to the progress that she's made versus her husband, or let's take it a step further. So you have, um, an older woman. So let's say she's postmenopausal. Okay. Um, so that comes with all kinds of changes, like you just hinted at. Yep. Um, and so she's in a completely different stage in her life. You know, her husband is probably there with her too, but just not nearly in the same way. Uh, men have changes in hormones too, as they get older. We all, we know that too. Yep. And, and that's a whole different, that's a whole different subject. Yep. Um, but, um, what would you say to a, a woman like that? Well, and honestly, I wouldn't, it wouldn't matter if it's a man or woman or the age or anything, but I would say, you know, avoid comparisons um, because, mm -hmm. because that's, it's a very dangerous thing to do. And it's, it's just kind of our human nature to do so. Right. But you have to worry about your own journey, your own path and, and not worry about what other people are doing. Um, Cause that's, that really is where you can run into a lot of discouragement that unfortunately is, it's totally unnecessary, right? Because we, mm -hmm. it's, it's even like, so me as a bodybuilder, for example, I, you know, I did 40 competitions, which wasn't 40 different preparations for competitions, but every prep that I went through was different because my body was in a different place. I was carrying different muscle mass, maybe I had different stressors in my life. Maybe my sleep patterns were different. Maybe it was a different time of year, you know, maybe digestive health was a little bit different. And so every prep that I went through required different things for me to reach that that the same outcome. Um, and so, you know, if somebody goes through, let's say they jump on the keto diet and their neighbor down the street did it and they lost 30 pounds in 30 days and they jump on it and they lose three pounds in 30 days. And they're sitting in comparison, comparing and they're going, well, what's wrong with me? I followed it to the T and I saw her cheating every once in a while and she still lost 30 pounds and I only lost three. Well, mm -hmm depending on what you do with that information, you know, will determine the eventual outcome. So she could get discouraged and completely quit. Um, the other girl might say, Oh, I got, I reached my goal. I reached, I lost my 30 pounds and she quits too. Well, six months down the road, they're both gonna be in the same situation. They're probably both have gained it all back and they're, they're back where they were. Um, right. so I would say you just need to focus on, on yourself, focus on just staying consistent and, and honestly not quitting. 
Um, right. And I, I have a very short story I can share about that, where I had two guys that were roughly the same size. They were all about 280 pounds. They were overweight, trying to get down to around 200 pounds. And um, one was a little bit younger than the other. And um, the younger guy, when he first started his first week, he lost 14 pounds. It was, it was pretty crazy mm-hmm. how, how much he lost. The other guy, I think he lost one or two pounds. It wasn't much. Um, they were both pretty consistent or both pretty compliant that first week. Second week, the younger guy who had lost 14 pounds lost like one or two pounds. So it wasn't much. The second guy lost another one or two. So this plays out over a series of, I think it was like three or four months later. Now the younger guy, I think he got discouraged after that second week where he lost, he saw a significantly less amount of weight loss compared to that first week. And then he just kind of, to be honest, he just kind of dicked around and, and didn't follow things very closely because um, it was going slower than that first week pace. Whereas the other guy mm-hmm. just stayed consistent, was losing one or two pounds every week, one or two pounds every single week. So four months down the road, the younger guy was down 15 pounds. Other guy was down 50 pounds. Wow. So now initially if you drew comparisons you'd be like oh my gosh i'm going way slower this guy lost 14 pounds this first week it took me like seven weeks to get there eight weeks nine weeks Mm -hmm. ten weeks to lose those 14 pounds but i kept going and eventually where did i end up 50 pounds down and he's he got well beyond that he reached his goal the other guy never did he gave up so you know and if he, he didn't even know about the other guy but if he had compared himself he maybe would have gotten discouraged and stopped so you can't always worry about the pace and so many people get so hung up on that and they get, they, and it's usually due to comparisons or unrealistic expectations that they set for themselves based on information they had seen out there or based on some post or some dramatic before and after right. that may or may not be real that they saw on social media. So just worry about right, your right. own path, focus on you. And if you don't give up, you will get there. It is the only outcome possible. Whereas if you do give up, the only outcome possible is that you don't get there. Right. Of course, that goes back into what we spoke about earlier about the mindset is the growth versus the fixed mindset. The growth mindset will tell you, well, I'm still making progress. You know, yeah. no, it's not happening. It's not happening at the wave of a wand, but it's progress. Yeah. You know, progress is and progress. The, and, you know, the, right. It's progress is progress. And the fixed mindset will say, well, well, damn, you know, I, I only lost two pounds this week. Last week, I lost the 14 pounds. I mean, I want to go slow like this. This isn't going to get me where I'm going to go. And so you just dig yourself a hole and it's, you end up not getting out of it. Yeah, it's not, so again, it's you, more of an emotional decision rather than a logical decision. And most of us make decisions based right. on emotion rather than logic, but right. But that emotional decision to stop because, and that's what most people do. Like if it doesn't go as fast as they yeah. want it to go, they stop. How does that make sense? Right. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But that's what we do. And so again, just focus on your own journey. Don't worry about the pace. Just keep going. Stay consistent and you will get there. Right, right. Now, do you see uh, comparisons maybe being slightly less of a problem because you're online versus like working with people in a, in the facility where they can actually see one another? Or is it, or is it just kind of... No, I think just because of social media and you know how easily, how connected we all are, I, uh-huh. you know, it's probably more of a problem now than it ever was. Even, even, you know, uh-huh. with people working out at home, they're still, you know, seeing before and afters of someone 
out there that maybe was unrealistic and that's uh, what's led to them having unrealistic expectations. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, all all the same though. I mean, do you think some people have said, and even before COVID, even before like online coaching really took off because of COVID, some people were predicting that this model was going to completely just overcome the fitness industry. Like the brick and mortar model is going to go out the door. Do you agree with that? I don't think it'll ever go out the door completely. No. Um, you know, and, and oddly, at least, at least here, you know, locally, I've seen more gyms open up and I know of like multiple planned to be opened, um, in the, in the, just in the next year than I've ever seen. And, and I think it may have, may have actually, I, I think it did accelerate, um, people's and some businesses, uh, journey to go online, to go virtual, but at the same time, people mm-hmm. still, they still need a facility. Right. And, and some people right. really, really crave that, you know, the face-to-face interaction. Um, and so, no, I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, uh, but I think, you know, the online model is becoming, I think COVID did help other people's acceptance of that particular model. And they start to, they, they start to think that, or realize that that can work. Whereas before maybe it was had all sorts of questions or doubt about whether or not it could work. Right. Right. What do you, what would you say are some of the drawbacks to going online versus having strictly a brick and mortar place, or maybe just having a mixture of the two? So what, what would you say are some of the uh, connections so, sort of weak spots connection for sure? Um, you know, I think with, you know, if you're, if you're working out with somebody as a personal trainer, unless you have no personality whatsoever, you're, you're probably going to be talking with that person. Right. Mm-hmm. And it may be the only like real conversation that that person has all day. And, you know, you usually get into personal stuff. And that's, that is one thing that I, I, I enjoy about that, you know, about that aspect is you're going through things, you're telling stories, you're getting to know them quite well. And, um, you know, and I actually have found that like with coaches that I've hired, those that have personal training experience are usually able to connect with people a little bit better. They have those, those personal skills that, that, uh, that allow them to, create those relationships. Um, but yeah, if you're, you know, and I do see this a lot from online coaches where they might as well be a robot, might as well be some sort of program behind the scenes because there's no human element to it. Right. You know, it's, and, and all they are is meal plan adjusters. They, they display no empathy. They don't help them work through challenges. They, they don't help them with any of that stuff. Um, and that, that's, that's really where you're going to help and make a big impact on their life because you know, mm-hmm. even in the gym, like you are with them interacting, going through, and you can help with form. That's a de- another advantage of, of, um, being in person, but, um, but ultimately it's what happens when, you know, they're by themselves and, you know, when they're looking in their fridge, looking in their pantry late at night as to whether or not they're going to be successful. So, right, um, right. you know, providing them with the tools and, and, and things like that are going to help them overcome those temptations and, and uh, some strategies to work around those, you know, scenarios with going out to, you know, eat with your family or going on vacation. That ultimately is where you make or break your, your journey. And, and uh, so without the nutrition side of things, without the, you know, real life scenario help, it's going to be very difficult to be successful, but there's, there's a lot to be gained right. from, um, you know, helping somebody in person in the gym. Right, right, right. Now, do you think like, because especially with online business, um, 
do you think then it becomes critical that you offer something more than just exercises and something more than just, you know, occasional check-ins or something like that? Because your, your, your business is called, it's a lifestyle. In other words, like that's very holistically speaking, it's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's not just the workouts. It's not just the eating. It is everything. It is the human connection, the human touch. And is, you know, you said earlier that you're not a psychologist, um, but I can tell you this from my own experience is like, there are times where people will just unburden themselves on you, especially after they've known you for a while, they've worked with you for a month or something like that. And they're super cool with you. They know you, you know them. They will tell you about like, say, I don't know, the, uh, the grandson that they have, you know, who is on drugs and is in and out of jail and how stressful that is. And they've had to dip into their retirement savings to bail them out of jail and something like that. And, you know, and just, uh, you know, I, you know, it's just like, Oh, I, this is just, I can't take this, you know, but, um, so you really, I think you really should offer something more, especially if it's online, yeah. you really need to emphasize that human touch. You need to offer these people something other than just workouts that they check back in with you and say, yeah, I did. Yeah. It. You know, yeah. and, and, and it, this is my, my first exposure to coaching really was, but just in the, the bodybuilding space. Right. And that's uh-huh. where I think there is some of the worst coaching in the entire fitness industry, because you so often are just treated like a piece of meat. And mm-hmm. they take, they don't take into account what's going on in your life. Um, they don't take into account what's going on with your job, with your relationships. It's basically just like, make me look good by winning for me, not for you, even though this is, you know, it is the athlete that's doing all the work. And, and so like you see the quality of coaching out there. And that's when I was like, gee, it's not hard to be better because all these guys are assholes. They don't, they don't give it, they don't give a <laughs> shit about what's happening to that, that person. They don't care about the long-term ramifications right. of what they're having them do either. And so people will go through mm-hmm. these crazy regimens trying to get down to single digit body fat percentages to get on stage and they might even win, but they'll regret it for the rest of their life. They may end up with an eating disorder. They may end up with hormone damage that they can never recover from. And they're on pharmaceutical drugs for the rest of their life just to live a normal life. And that mm-hmm. is due to a trainer that just does not care. And, and you, so you see that a lot, especially in the, in the, in the, physique competition industry, um, that I really, Hey, I see, I see that a lot and I hate it. And you, you know, you might as well not be a person. You might as well just like throughout cookie cutter plans. And you do see a lot of coaches doing that, especially ones with large numbers. They, there's no way they can do customized plans because there's not enough time in the day. So it's just cookie cutter, whether you're a five, 10, 180 pound woman or a, or a five foot, hundred pound woman, same plan, two hours of cardio, 800 calories, see in 12 weeks. And, and that's kind of it. And, and I've seen that over and over again. And, and, uh, and I've seen the aftermath as well. And it's yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so you definitely have to do more. Horrible. And I, I, right. You definitely have to do more. And I just know, like, I don't pay attention to bodybuilding very much, really, really at all. But, you know, I do see the headlines everyone else does about, you know, this bodybuilder Died. dies at 40, 45 years yeah. old, you know, sudden cardiac arrest came out of nowhere. You otherwise know, healthy or I, on the surface appeared to be healthy. Uh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, otherwise seemed to be pretty healthy. In other words, he looked real yeah. good. We don't know what's going on internally, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. That, that, I think that probably that, and that I think launched some investigations into bodybuilding about, especially about the use of steroids mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, yeah. You know, and 
you know, even icons of the industry, like Arnold Schwarzenegger is saying like, this really needs to stop. Yeah. Cause this is just, terrible. yeah, it, it does. And I mean, there's a, there's a famous, he's, he's pretty social media famous, Larry wheels. Um, he, yeah. you know, he's famous mm -hmm. for, he's kind of a power lifter, but he's also done bodybuilding as well. But he, he recently announced that he's done with all steroids just because of the, the high risk that comes along with it. And, uh, right. you know, it's, I, I have done that. I, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to claim that I haven't done any, cause I certainly did. And especially to be a professional bodybuilder, you have to, um, use those in, in order to be competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was always safe about it, or at least as, as far as I, could possibly be. There's always risks inherent with that, but um, most people, especially coaches, when they're when they're, I mean, it's just like an automatic thing, especially for women, where it's usually not necessary. Automatic cocktail of like boom, boom, boom. Take this, take this, take this, and you'll get there. And and then they're paying the price for that for the rest of their life, or their life ends early. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. So Jeff, so just kind of cut into it here. So let's say I'm a I, I just saw your website. I'm a, I'm looking at things over. I'm liking what I'm seeing, you know. So say I want to sign up. So say I'm a, I'm a prospective client here. T take me through the process. So what 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 I'm in, what am I in? <laughs> well, um, you know, we have an application process because we want to make sure that mm -hmm. it is a good fit. As you as you mentioned, what we said on our about us right. page, um, you know, we we do look for a specific type of person, but we want somebody that's that's coachable for one. Um, that is willing to, um, to change, willing to open up, willing to, you know, willing to work. Um, like I said, we don't sugarcoat it. This, this does take work. It does take, um, you know, some focus. It does require it to be a priority. Uh, there, there are still some that still slip through that aren't, maybe aren't quite there. Um, but they're there enough that we can help them overcome whatever it is that's holding them back. And so, like I said, we try to take a little bit more of a cerebral approach with this, where we try to get to the, the root cause of what might be, might be holding them back. What might be, um, you know, also what might be helping them and, and then expanding upon that. But, um, you know, the, as what the process would be, they, you know, they apply, we, we jump on a call to see, you know, it's kind of like an interview. Um, where we can mm -hmm. dig into things and, and, uh, and then really determine if it is a good fit. It's a good fit. We bring you on and, um, it's usually me, but a comment, I have a couple lead coaches that help us decide which coach, which coach they should be placed with, unless the, the prospect has someone in mind that they would prefer. Um, but usually we try to base it on personality and goals and who we think they would jive best with. And we're usually pretty accurate with that. Um, and they get started and it's a very quick process at first. So we, you know, we have a, a very detailed questionnaire that we have them fill out after the application that asks a lot more detailed questions. And, uh, typically within 48 hours, they have their first plan, unless we're waiting on something. And then we do a welcome call. We jump on walking through everything and off we go, we get them into the app. They have their, their workouts, their, their nutrition, and, uh, they start checking in with us every week. We're always on call. We always like to check in with them midweek. Um, so that we're always there to answer questions. And initially it's a lot, it's a lot of information that we provide. And then we've come back and forth over the years as to whether or not we should trickle the information in or just give them all the tools from day one. And we've, we've settled with the latter. We want to give them all the, the, the potential, uh, tools right at the beginning. Uh, there are some other more advanced things that we introduce as we go, but, um, 
you know, there's, there's some people are like, well, let's just start with the nutrition or let's just start with drinking more water. You know, let's just start with the daily walk, you know, and you could, you could baby step your way into that. And for some people we do just start with the nutrition side of things, but that's not the typical approach. Most of the time we try to give them all the tools that they need to be successful and off we go. And, uh, very high success rate. So good deal. Good deal. All right. All right. Well, so what's, what's on the uh, horizon for you then? What's, what's in the future? Um, well, more of the same. We, uh, we did launch a supplement company last year. Um, a little bit of my background that I didn't mention okay. was that when I was in the corporate world, I was developing and doing research and development for a dietary supplement company. And so I used to formulate okay. a lot of different supplements and um, I waited forever to, to launch my own. And part of the reason why was I didn't want people to think that I was giving them biased information like, Oh, you need to buy my product because I created it and I make money off of it. Instead, what we always did was like, well, we've researched these companies. We know that these companies have integrity and these quality, these are quality products. We believe in them and they're good value. So this is what you should get. And there still are some great products out there, some great companies out there, but we wanted to take a little bit more control of that. And so like, okay, if we can control the end to end process and we know what's going into it exactly, we're testing these, we're doing a lot of quality assurance on these things, then we can start to introduce some of these products. And that's what we've been able to do. We started that, um, the end of last year and it's, it's kind of slowly mm -hmm. grown. It's not really our main focus. It's just kind of a, there is a resource for our own clients. Right. Right. Is that just, um, where is that just located or just available where you're at or can it's, it be, it's like, all online across the yeah, country? Yeah. It can be shipped anywhere. All yeah. I mean, it's okay. I think the farthest we've shipped away is just to Canada is all, but, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, we have a, our online store. It's called system system supplements, S I S T E M. System supplements. Yeah. So, okay. um, and it's, it's kind of based on the whole concept of like, you know, creating a system and there's different systems based on what your goals are. And we have a quiz that can help them determine which products they might benefit from and, um, which ones they wouldn't. And so they can make the right decision. Right. Right, right. Well, actually, like more and more, that's becoming that's becoming a thing. Like, if you are a trainer or a brand or a gym owner or something like that, more and more actually adopting their own supplement. You lines. see that a lot. Yeah, um, most of them don't last see, very long, it, but um, yeah, it's almost like the it's it's kind of like the expected path that you see from coaches. And again, like I mm -hmm. said, we resisted it for a long time. We've been in business for twelve years, so we could have done mm -hmm. this in year two if we wanted to. But, um, and we've had, I've had so many different offers for, cause I've worked with a lot of wealthy people that are like, I'll front the, the money. You, I, you got all the capital you want in the world. I'll, I'll put this behind you cause I believe in you. And I was just like, no, we're not ready for it. And, and I don't want to do that. We were focusing on our, our coaching business. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, things have gotten to a better place where we, cause we have a great team now. We have an internal team of, um, you know, five, um, behind the scenes and a few overseas that help us. And then we have a, a, a coaching staff of eight um, plus myself. And uh, yeah, we're, we're a well-oiled machine. We can always improve, but it was, I wanted to get to that point, that point before we started to make our business and our life more complex. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Jeff, as we uh, coming up on the hour mark here, um, start to wind things down. So to anybody who might be listening, um, if there's, in final analysis, one thing that you would want people to walk away with from this conversation, if nothing else, what do you think it would be? Don't give up. You know, you got to persevere. I think that 
Um, everyone's fitness journey is their own. And no matter what obstacles you face along the way, what sort of resistance you face from people, from events, from things in your own life, you can never give up on the one body that you've been given. You have to take care of it. So don't, don't Absolutely. give up. Absolutely. And even if you're coming into it pretty late in the game, later than most, it's still there. It's still your Absolutely. body. And you, you can repair it. Yeah, I've, I've had plenty of people you know? start with me in their 50s and 60s and get into the best shape of their life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, because I work with older people and that's a lot, a lot of older people. And that's what I try to tell them. Like, it's not no. too late. And you can build really muscle not, you in your latter years. Yes. You, you really can. Yes, you yes you can. Yes, you can. The, the research is supporting that. Muscle gains can happen in your later years. And it becomes years, even so more important I think that's do. The, late, the older you get. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a great message. Jeff, I thank you so much for joining me. And um, I hope to speak to you again, actually, especially maybe uh, when your supplement company is really kind of like going through the roof there. So maybe then we can talk about your supplement company. Yeah, yeah I'd be happy to. <laughs> it's, it's already been quite an adventure so far. And I, I luckily have a, a great network of um, some very helpful people, some great friends that have been great resources um, through that very difficult journey of, of creating that, 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 that journey. I mean, you, you can know about supplements, but the whole operational side of things is a whole different mm -hmm. animal. So I have some great, great, some people, oh, yeah. great people on my side to thank, but uh, yeah, hopefully we're, we're talking about how successful it is uh, <laughs> down the road. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll do great. I have no worries. Thank you. All right. So coach and retired bodybuilder, Jeff Lader, thank you so much. And uh, this is again, the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean for Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps. And I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes. And you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.